וכמה דף צד י"ח, עמוד ב', צד י"ח, עמוד א', אינדפנדנט קונטרקטן, אומן קונה בשבח כלי. One of the most important functions of a leader, in, certainly in business, but probably in everything, is the allocation of scarce resources. When you've got limited resources, whether it's uh, human resources or it's capital resources, how you allocate those resources is one of the most important functions of, of a leader. And in that sense, we're all leaders because the resource that is most limited and in highest demand is our time and our attention. And our decisions as to how to allocate our limited time and our limited attention is the leadership of, of self. And the greatest freedom is to have the freedom to allocate your time and attention as you choose. That's a, that's a, a very, very precious freedom which one, one can't value uh, too much. There's, there's, there's nothing, no freedom more valuable than that. And once again, we have an intersection between the Gemara that we're learning and the Parsha this week, uh, where we're learning about the Eved, about a slave. And we're told that if a slave, after working for his six years, wants to continue working indefinitely, then the master then takes the Eved in front of the Beisdin and, and he has to pierce a hole in the Eved's ear against the doorpost. And Rashi brings the Gemara from the Yerushalmi. Why the doorpost? And Rabbi Shimon says, This is a, this is a harsh law. What's different about the Delet and the Mezuzah? The door, and the doorpost. The door and the doorpost were witnesses when I skipped over the houses in, in Egypt. They saw me free B'nai Yisrael of Amarti, and at that moment I said, The Jewish people are my slaves. They have an opportunity to be my slaves, not a slave to another slave. That's not the, that's not the point. The point of being Jewish is you have one balabosh, you have one master. The master is Hashem. This person goes and takes upon himself another, another owner. He gets, uh, his ear gets pierced as a result of that for not having heard the meaning of that, of that din. And so slavery, selling your time forward, because that's what slavery is. Slavery is, you've got a, it's a six-year contract, or up to, up to six years, and you get paid up front. It's selling your labor, selling your time forward, is what Avdut is. And we see the criticism in that, that it's only in the most severe cases of poverty where the person is unable to pay debts that he has, or thefts that, that, that he took, that, that we do the, we regard slavery as an option, and even then only for a limited period of time. But it's not only slavery. We see, we see that even employment, where you're not paid upfront, where you're paid as you as you work, but still you're paid for time. And we see in the Gemara and in Shulchanor so many times where the, the meticulousness about what you're allowed to do when you're employed, because your time doesn't belong to you. Are you allowed to daven? Are you allowed to take a little longer over Kriyachma? Are you allowed to go over the Dafyomi? You can't do those things when you're being paid for time. Your time doesn't belong to you. You've sold your time. And we've been talking in the last few shirim about ownership and the, and the importance of ownership. And you, you own your time if you haven't sold it. But if you've sold it, then you don't own your time. Somebody else owns your time. And there is a way to, to earn a living. 
talked on Daftai Design about that a Jew wants to earn his own living. He doesn't want handouts. And there are ways to earn your own living where you're not selling your time. And that's the idea of an independent contractor. And understanding the difference between an employee and an independent contractor is key to understanding the sugi of Gomorrah. An employee is called a sachir, a hireling. You hire the person, that means you pay for his or her time. A contractor is called a kablan, somebody that takes ownership of outcome. That's the essence of what a kablan is. I pay you for the result. I don't pay you for your time. I don't care how long it takes you to do it. You've agreed to deliver a certain outcome by a certain day. Whether you sit on the beach most of the time or you do it from the beach and you're sitting with your computer, on, I don't care. I just All I want is on the day that you said I'll have the, the service or the product, I'll have the service or the product. That's ind- independent contracting. And that's the idea of a kablan rather than a sachir. And with that, we can understand the Gemara. The Mishnah says on the bottom of Tzadichet Amud Bet, Natan l'umanin l'taken v'kilkilo. I give an item to a tradesman to repair, and he messes it up, he breaks it. Who's responsible? Says the Mishnah, Chayavim l'shalem, the tradesman has to pay. It's got nothing to do with wealth. It, Bill Gates might give his computer to a poor little university student who's hardly got a penny to his name to fix, and he breaks the computer. He has to pay Bill Gates. That this is an Indian of Mishpat, it's not a, this is not Tznokha. Natan, for example, Natan the Kharash, you give to a carpenter, Shedo Tevo, Shido Tevo, Migdal, an item of large furniture, Letakein, to fix it, Vikil and he messes it up, he breaks it, Chayav Lashalem, he has to pay. Omar Ravasi, says Ravasi, an unbelievable approach to labor, says Ravasi, new, a new way of thinking. Lo Shanu, this that the Mishnah says that the tradesman has to pay for the for the breakages and the damage, is only That's only if I give it to the workman to knock a nail into it. There's a specific job that he has to do, and he does the job I paid him to do. Then he's responsible to pay me if he messes up. But if I bring him wood, so if I, if I bring Gidon a whole lot of wood, this has happened even to you and I, right? Given you wood and you've created something, something wonderful. What happens if he doesn't create something wonderful? He messes up? Potter. He doesn't have to pay for it. He returns the wood and he doesn't have to pay for any loss. My timer. What is the reason, says Ravasi? Uman kone beshever beshvach kli. When a tradesman has worked on an item and improved it, it's no longer the same item. And you can't now separate it out and say, well, there's the wood, there's the commodity, and there's the product. There's no more commodity. It used to be wood. It's all part of what we've discussing. These sukkahs are just amazing in understanding how the world works. It, it used to be wood. It used to be a commodity. Now it's a broken cupboard. But still, it's a cupboard. It's no longer wood. So he doesn't anymore have that which I gave him. So it works similarly to the way it works with, with Geneva, with the Ganav. Rabbeinu Yonasan says in the Shita Mekubetzet, Just as a thief can be koine, can acquire by changing the object, so can an uman acquire the object. So, of course, he still has to give the object back and he has to do the work. We'll, we'll discuss some of that. But, but who actually owns the object? Once it's no longer wood, it's not what I gave him. 
I was the owner of wood. This is not wood. My wood has disappeared in its place. Magically, there's this beautiful closet. There's this beautiful cupboard that Gideon has made. Who owns the cupboard? While he's busy with it, before he gives it back to me, he owns the cupboard. And now he breaks it. It's his cupboard he's broken. He's got to compensate me for the wood. But the cupboard he's broken is his cupboard, says Ravasi. Just an unbelievable way of looking at the relationship between a contractor and a, and a balabos. Says Rashi in Kiddushin, Klomar, Hacha yamim, where I didn't say to Gidon, it'll work for me for three days. During the three days, I've got some jobs for you to do. I'll pay you X amount per day. And nor did I say, knock nails in and I'll pay you X amount for each nail. Ela kablan, shekibel alav ligmor hamalacha bekach vekach. But he's a kablan. I know a kablan in Israel is a bad word, but in the, in the Gemara it means a contractor. And we've agreed to finish the work. I'm going to pay you for outcome, not for labor. When he makes out of the gold, he makes a piece of jewelry. That piece of jewelry now belongs to the jeweler. Belongs to him by, by him having created it or improved it. And when he gives it back to the owner at the agreed amount, that's like a sale. That's not a paying for labor. Look at the dignity of it. The whole dignity changes. Instead of you buying my time and I'm losing my freedom, I'm retaining my freedom and you're buying from me. I'm selling you. I'm, sell, I'm selling something to you. That's exactly as you said, Dr. Howard, the, the, the difference between a, a doctor that works for a, an insurance company and a doctor that works independently and provides services to the patient and gets reimbursed to some degree by the insurance company. It's completely different. At the end of the day, he's selling a product and a service. He's not selling his time and his life. It's a different relationship. And the Jews' excellence and, and love, passion for entrepreneurship and for independent business is not only because politically and socially we didn't have the opportunities to go to universities and to work for governments. and uh, There was that as well, but that's not what it's all about. The reason Jews have excelled in business is because Jews love independence. And we said on Tafsa Design, a Jew rather wants to earn his own, he wants to own his own accomplishments, even if it's one-tenth of what he could have had by working for somebody else. A Jew likes to be independent. His time is, is important to him. So that's, that's the idea of the, of the Kablan here. Now, there are a number of different implications to this. One is in a completely different area because there's a long discussion in the Acharonim. Do we paskin like Ravasi or don't we? And the Gemara in our sugi on Tzaditet, backwards and forwards, bringing proofs for and bringing proofs against, and it's not entirely conclusive. And there's a big discussion in the Achronim as to whether we pass, even in the Rishonim, Rabbi Inetam says we paskin like Rav, Ravasi. Many Rishonim and Achronim say we don't paskin like Ravasi, and it's not altogether clear. But I'll bring you an example of, of the implication where we do paskin like Ravasi. And that's in your day in the law of, of we know that if you buy a new clear, a new utensil that's going to be used for preparation of food or on your table, you have to take it to the mikveh. You have to be matbil the clear because the table is like a mizbeach. 
So a kli, a utensil that is used on the table, is like clay kodesh. It's like, like the kalim and the besamikdash. And therefore, the manufacturing of utensils is a holy job. It's, it's not just a, an industrial job. This is the, there's kedusha in such a job, and therefore it has to be done by a Jewish person who understands and shares that value, that I'm making something to be put on your table, to be used on the table. And so unless one has bought it from, a, it has been manufactured by a Jew, one has to take it to the mikveh to be tabled. What is the din if I had a kli and I took it to a non-Jew to improve it, to repair it, or to, or to improve it, to do something with it? When I get it back, whose kli was it? Have I bought a new kli from a guy who owned it first and therefore I have to take it to the mikveh? Or do I say, no, it was my kli. I gave him all the material was mine. He didn't use any material. He just put some labor into it to fix it. It was my kli. Says the Shulchan Aruch in Simen Kufchov, Yisrael shenatan kesef luuman oved kochavim laasot lo mimenu kli enot sarich tefila. If I take silver to a non-Jewish silversmith and he makes a utensil for the table, it doesn't have to be tabled. Says the Ramo, v'yesh cholkim not so simple. Says the Ramo, v'yesh letovlo below brachan. Therefore, one should table it without a bracha because there's a machlokus about it, and one should table it. Says the Shach. The Bach questions the Ramon, rather wants to go like the Shulchan Aruch. Says the Shach, that doesn't, doesn't seem to be the right approach. The, the right Psach is as the Ramon Paskins. Even if all the silver is mine, and I give it to the workman to make a kli, because the, it's the non-Jew who turns the silver into a kli, and this is the basis, Ravasi's halacha is the basis for that halacha, that uman kone bishvach kli, the kli belonged to him for that period of time. And the Daik Yitshuva, the Daik Yitshuva is a safer if, you, if one's learning smicha, not the kind of smicha that lots of people learn today where you get a booklet and you go through the bottom line of the halochas, that's a wonderful limud, but it's got nothing to do with learning uh, halocha. It's learning dinim. You learn the outcome, but the learning halocha, the darke tshuva was key. You, do, you can't learn your idea without the darke tshuva. The darke tshuva was the second munkat sherebe. And he wrote the darke tshuva in your idea, which is, uh, as I say, a sefer that a rov can't move without. If you pass in shailas, you can't move without. And the darke tshuva says, anu ein lanu and we follow the Ramon and the Shach on this matter. Which means clearly that the way we function is like Ravasi, that the Umen Koine Bishvakli. The Rashbo on our, our sugya explains that there are limits to that ownership. Yes, he owns it. But at the end of the day, if he hasn't messed the, the thing up, he has, he's done his job. He doesn't entirely acquire it. His intention all the time was to return it back to the owner. So the owner retains a certain ownership as well. Rib Shimon Shkop says it's actually a shutfus. They're partners in it. I've given you the, the, the material and you've put in the labor and the skills. And therefore we're actually owners in it. And part of the condition, we're therefore partners in it. And part of the condition of our partnership is that I buy it back from you. One of us has to buy it. We're not going to stay partners in, in my salt cellar that I want to use on my table every Shabbos. I gave you the silver. You made it into a beautiful salt cellar. We're partners in the salt cellar. But the deal of the partnership is I have the right to buy it from you. And then it's mine completely. And then we 
go back to to that which Rabbi Yunison said, that Rashi said in Kiddushin, it's Ki'ilu Mochru, he's actually selling it to me. And so we see here this, this avenue of earning a living from contracting, where you don't give up your independence, your ownership of your time and attention, because that's your greatest freedom. And as we learn in the Parsha, the importance with the, with the Evid. And we see in, 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 in Bavabasa, we've got the Gemara, the Gemara's talking there about Yonason in the time of, of, of Michal, with all the Avedah Zorah that there was there, and what Yonason thought. And he says, Abba. I was always taught, says Yonason there, A person should rather hire himself to idol worship than to take handouts from, from society. That's a Jewish view. And he says, Who's Mamish? He thought that meant Avodah Zarah, idol worship. It doesn't mean that. It means Avodah Zarah. Avodah Shezarah Lo. A person should be willing to do work that you're not trained for, doing work which isn't according to your status and your, and your dignity. But if your choice is to get a handout or to, or to do the work, you rather do the work That's, uh, so that you can remain independent rather than be responsible to people who are giving you a handout and you've lost your, your whole independence. That was part of my reasoning, as I think I've mentioned to you before, right in the beginning in my, in, when I came out of yeshiva, not to, not to take a salary of, for Rabonis. So not, not to sell my time. And, and when it comes particularly to Torah, the freedom to be able to say what I believe is true, to be able to say what I believe people need to hear, not to have to entertain people because the board of the shul wants me to entertain people. That's not the role of a rov. You don't sell your time. If, if, if one can, rather be independent in any way one can. Not everybody has the opportunity. But if one has the opportunity, rather to be independent, to retain your freedom to be able to use your time as you wish. And so as you go into the day today and the rest of the week and the rest of your life, be very mindful about the privilege of the freedom to allocate your time and attention. That's the greatest freedom we have. And the Rebbe has expectations from us in the way we do so. Every time you pay attention to A, you're choosing not to pay attention to everything else. If you decide you're going to watch TV for half an hour, for that half an hour, you're deciding to do nothing else. That's a decision. It's an allocation of a scarce resource. If you're deciding to learn some Gomorrah for the next half an hour, you're deciding to do that, to allocate your scarce resource of time and attention to the Torah and not to anything else. Just bear in mind that, that freedom and bear in mind some of us are, are independent contractors and, and that's great and some of us are employees, but there's still other time that is ours. When we've sold our time, we've got to understand our responsibility to those to whom we've sold our time. But then we do have a certain amount of free time. At that point, we're, we're freedom and we can allocate our free time as we wish to allocate it with care, with responsibility, thinking ahead for outcome at the end of the day not to do things, just checking off, just checking off the job. If I'm, a, if I'm a paid as a poil, I just check off, I did what I'm supposed to do. If I'm paid as a contractor, I make sure that the outcome is complete. And so with all our lives, not to check off the davening and learning and all the things we have, make a brocha, not just to check it off, but to always be aware that this is about outcome, this is about producing something that is beautiful, something that is complete and something we can be proud of. Mm-hmm.